Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing More than a feeling To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save your life To be powered by love Well, like I said at the beginning, today we're digging into the book of Revelation, which is one of the most intriguing, sometimes confusing, and uh, possibly even one of the most kind of misused and abused books in the entire Bible. Uh, It's an interesting book, Uh, but it's also a book that's full of beautiful poetic language that uh, makes it the most sung book of the Bible. Like, uh, maybe you recognize this verse right here, day and night without ceasing they sing, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Recognize those words? We already sang them as an opening hymn. Holy, holy, holy. Uh, We were just singing it. And so it's this beautiful language that comes from the book of Revelation. And then there are also other passages like this one. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, and on its horns were ten diadems, and on its head were blasphemous names. Are you following? Okay, And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And the dragon gave it his power and his throne and great authority. Makes perfect sense, right? Uh, We don't usually sing this song, right? I saw the beast rising out of the sea with ten horns, seven heads, and on its horns were diadems. It does rhyme. So what do we do with this stuff? This is all in the same book, one that we sing these beautiful, beloved hymns from, and then a whole bunch of talk about multiple horned dragons and monsters with weird bear's feet and lion's mouths. Uh, Where does all of this come from? Uh, Well, uh, literally it comes from John. The book of Revelation is attributed to John that this uh, apostle John wrote the book of Revelation. And it's called Revelation because it's given that title because it is a revelation, a vision, an apocalypse. Uh, Now, you might hear the word apocalypse and think the end of the the world, like the zombie apocalypse kind of thing. Uh, But the word apocalypse in Greek literally means unveiling. It's actually a theater term. So if you think of going to the theater and what happens at the beginning, the curtain opens. Uh, That's the literal meaning of apocalypse. It's the curtain being pulled back. If you imagine the end of the Wizard of Oz, spoiler alert, uh, they uh, open the curtain and there's an unveiling. There's a revealing of the man behind the curtain. That's what apocalypse means, literally. And so the book of Revelation is an unveiling, a revealing of uh, some message of God. And so what is that message? Well, uh, some have hypothesized that John, while on the island of Patmos where he wrote it, maybe got into some 
hallucinogenic types of uh, you know, magic mushrooms or some uh, wacky tobacco kind of things, and uh, that that influenced some of this kind of, I mean, really far out there imagery. We don't know. I suppose it's possible. Uh, but what we do know about the book of Revelation and the time that it is written is that it's written at a time when the Romans, the Roman Empire, were persecuting the Christian church. Uh, they were persecuting the Christian church, so the church and Christians who were following Jesus were under attack. And so some scholars would hypothesize that actually maybe then portions of this were kind of written in code as it's talking about all of these beasts and monsters they're actually, in a sneaky way, talking about these corrupt rulers and cities and nations who were, uh, you know, persecuting these people of faith. Again, we don't know exactly, but so yeah, maybe those first century Christians would have understood it a little better than we do 2,000 years ago, that some of that code has been a little mis. Uh, placed in our, uh, in our knowing. And so uh, just an example of this, I want to give you a little quiz. Are you ready for a quiz this morning? Uh, we want to see how uh, well you can decipher the code of text and social media abbreviations, okay? This, this is to see how well uh, you can make sense of something uh, that maybe makes sense to some and maybe not others, okay? So here's how it's going to work. I'm going to give you uh, an abbreviation. I'm going to give you a second to think about it. And then on the count of three, everyone who knows what it means is going to just shout it out with pride and gusto. Are you ready? So here's the first one. BFF, okay? BFF. What does it stand for? Think about Best friends forever. Yes, how sweet. Okay, let's try another one. Uh, BTW, one, two, three, shout out. By the way, yes, very good. Oh, man, a lot of you know these. Okay, let's try. There it is. Uh, how about this one? Oh, one, two, three. See you later. That one took a little more thinking. That one uh, was a little weirder looking. Okay, how about IDK? I don't know. Some of you maybe didn't know, but many of you did. Uh, that was right. I don't know. Uh, how about this one? JK. Just kidding. Yes, that's right. Uh, LOL. <laughs> Laugh out loud. Yes. Uh, how about this one? Oh, that one is a little less known, but yes, not Rolf, but Raffle uh, is indeed Rolling on the floor laughing. So that's when you're really just rolling with the laughs. Uh, all right. How about this one? Oh. Okay. Let's see. On the count of three, if you, you can shout it out. If you've got to figure it out. One, two, three. Oh, we're getting there. Not too much just chilling here. Uh, oh, man. If you're really cool, you got that one. And uh, last but not least, TTYL. Talk to you later. I'm out of here, right? Yeah. Well, uh, good job. Y'all did pretty good on this code. Uh, but you kind of see what I mean, that some of you knew them all. Some of you knew some. Some of you just don't even understand what we were just talking about. This is very confusing. And... I'm pretty confident that those first century Christians 2,000 years ago would have looked at this quiz and said, so text, social, what are you even talking about, right? 
Likewise, when we come to the book of Revelation, I think it's okay for us to admit it doesn't all make sense to us. We don't understand it all. Maybe 2,000 years ago they had a deeper uh, understanding and understood it in ways that we don't any longer. Or maybe there were parts that were just as confusing to them as they are to us. But regardless, within that book of Revelation is a beautiful message of hope and wonderful language that became you know, much of the liturgy that we sing within worship every Sunday. So there's all of this beauty even in the midst of stuff that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The culturally common description of Revelation is that it's about the end of the world, right? Be scared because the end is near. That's what we put on the front of the bulletin. The end is near. But I've been thinking about this, and you maybe saw on the, uh, online the image that we put. I think what Jesus talks about when he talks about the kingdom of heaven and what the book of Revelation talks about is less about the end is near and more about... The beginning is near. It talks about the kingdom of heaven coming near. And so it's not so much about an end, but a new beginning. I made this myself. <laughs> Out of trash uh, that I found in the parking lot. So uh, the beginning is near. I'll put my art here for all to admire. But like I said, I think this really carries from both the Gospels as Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven all the way through the book of Revelation that talks about heaven in this really particular way. Uh, here's one of the things that Jesus said. Once Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God was coming, and he answered, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is, for in fact... The kingdom of God is among you. Jesus, through the Gospels, talks about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven you know, almost interchangeably. And it is not about this just far off thing, but rather it's something that we can experience here and now. In that time, people hoped for a Messiah and uh, that the kingdom of God would come in a way that involved a really powerful king sitting on a throne uh, ruling over massive armies that would just destroy the wicked and take care of all of those nations and peoples that they just didn't like or get along with. And instead, they got Jesus. Instead, we got Jesus who came with loving compassion and healed people and preached about loving and kindness and justice for all. That is what he calls the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God that is all here among us that we are called to be a part of and to put into action. Martin Luther King Jr., you've maybe heard the quote said, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Likewise, Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven not as a thing that only starts here and ends there, but is an arc continuing towards a new beginning, which is what we hear talked about in the book of Revelation. Because Revelation gets to a point where it talks about a new heaven and a new earth. That's the reading John did just earlier this morning, where we hear this. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. 
mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. I don't know about you, but I think that sounds pretty nice. That doesn't sound like the scary, uh, get worried book of Revelation that we often hear (laughs) talked about more broadly. It's a message of hope goes on to talk about a river of life that flows through the city of God, kind of furthering the idea that this this heaven, even this new heaven, actually is taking place right here on earth with these earthly images. For here's what it says next about uh, this river of life. It says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. The tree of life produces fruit every month of the year, a different fruit. Now, uh, we are pretty used to supermarkets and a global food uh, distribution chain that allows us to eat fruit all year round. But you don't have to go back in time very far for that to be quite a luxury. In the first century, this was the most amazing image of abundance they could imagine. Can you imagine being able to eat fruit every month of the year? It's, uh, it's unbelievable. It's something they couldn't even wrap their minds around. And now we kind of take it for granted. But that's the abundance that's promised there. And not only that, but this tree of life, which produces the fruit that is enough for everyone in the entire world to be fed and with really good stuff, its leaves are also healing for the nations. The message of Revelation isn't one of uh, death and destruction of endless war where nations are going to be just totally wiped out one after another until there's a final good group of people that are the victors. Instead, it talks about a tree of life that has leaves that are healing for the nations, all the nations, even maybe the nations that we don't care for so much. The leaves are healing for all the nations. Ultimately, the promise is that no matter how bad things get, no matter how bad things seem sometimes, God wins the ultimate victory. This is what the end of the book says. The very end says, the one who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. That's a little bit of trivia. The last word of the Bible is amen, just like we say so often. We need to be less scared that the end is near and more hopeful that the beginning is near just like my gorgeous sign says. The beginning is near. We're a part of this kingdom of heaven that Jesus has called us to. And every time we are more loving, more merciful, more forgiving, working for justice, we're helping to bring about that kingdom of heaven right here on earth. And it's something that we get to taste every time we get to feel that love and generosity and kindness from this world around us. And not only that, We're living in this kingdom of heaven. It's here and now, but it's also a future kingdom of heaven that we celebrate where one day we'll be reunited with all these saints of God who have gone before us. It's both this here and now and this future reality that's hard to even wrap our minds around, but what we know for sure is that it's good and that God is there. 
Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.